Hi, good morning. My name is Rich. We're Consumer Hub and we specialise in recruiting, marketing, innovation and sales professionals. This is the FMCG podcast where we talk with the leaders of today about what makes great leadership in the industry. Today, we're with Newbie Groves. Thank you for joining us, Newbie. Really excited to have you on the show. And Newbie's got a fantastic background in innovation and is interested in all things ideas, insight and product and marketing. Newbie, just give us a quick snapshot on your career and also your specialisms and expertise in the industry. Okay, thank you very much, Rich. Thanks for inviting me to join you uh, on this podcast. Um, My background is predominantly client and agency side, so I've had the benefit of working on both sides of the fence. I'm blue chip FMCG trained. Uh, cut my teeth in uh, cut my teeth in Nestle, where I uh, my probably my moment of fame was killing the Smarties tube and rejuvenating it into the hexagonal tube that it is nowadays. I remember um, that. And worked across uh, a number of roles in sales, marketing, category, um, and in all of those roles, there's always been an element of, element of innovation, uh, particularly in the strategic roles that I've covered. Um, and whether that be product, whether that be packaging, um, or really how things are done within the organization. Um, currently, what I am focusing on is helping um, SME businesses with their marketing and innovation strategy. And I suppose particularly at this current uh, difficult time for a lot of small businesses, the opportunity to have somebody come into their business and help them Uh, to find uh, how they can work their way through and out the other side of this um, has been really valuable. I've also spent a lot of time focusing on the area of alternative protein um, and health and sustainability. And I've even been uh, counselling and advising some startup businesses in California on how they they might grow into the next powerhouses of plant-based protein. Very exciting. Now, thanks, Newby. Right, well, so what some of the things that um, Newby and I thought would make an interesting discussion for a podcast. Well, one of them is, um, what, what, what is innovation all about? Because as a, as a, as a dumb recruiter, uh, when I started in the industry so 10 years ago, I could never get my head around innovation. Where does it sit? Is it marketing? Is it sales? Is it product? Is it something by itself? And there's kind of like, you know, two, uh, two stereotypes that I sort of come across. One is this sort of, uh, you know, the, the austere, cool, collected analyst, you know, data-driven, uh, the data leads to the solutions, the idea. And the other one is the mad scientist in the kitchen who's just by sheer inspiration and the artist within kind of comes up with the next, uh, you know, the next hexagonal tube for, for Nestle, as it were. But Newby, what, what do you think is innovation as a, as a discipline and where does it sit how do people get their heads around it well rich i think you know innovation uh, i think uh, uh, sir james dyson probably summed it up pretty well is that innovation is actually quite simple um it's just the fact that a lot of things don't work very well um and i suppose um for, for somebody who is creative and innovative it's about seeing how something can be done differently or seeing how something can be done better um, and again, um, you know, to quote somebody else, you know, Steve Jobs, for example, said innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower. Um, and if you look across the, the FMCG industry, you can see that the people that are innovating tend to be the people that are growing, the people that are being followed. Um, but for a marketing, uh, for a marketeer or a business, um, 
innovation can take a number of different forms. It can be disruptive, it can be radical, um, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be either of those. It can just be a small tweak or a change to something that actually mm. makes somebody reconsider it or use it differently. Um, it, can, it doesn't have to be product-related. Um, it can be packaging-related, and particularly with this whole agenda for sustainability in the environment, packaging yeah. is very important at the moment. Um, it can be usage. It can be format. It can be the process. It might even be how it gets to store or how it gets to con the consumer. Um, but it's all about incrementality. It's all about growing your audience. It's all about growing your usage. And it's all about growing, ultimately, your brand and your business. That is really interesting. Um, so, so you kind of alluded to it there, then, um, that it is is fundamentally at its core it's about solving problems where do you think innovation naturally sits within a business do you, do you, do you think it's a kind of like a, a horizontal discipline that's really got a plug into each different vertical function or do you think it's its own thing where where does it where's it where's it is it most at home you know where's it sitting on the couch chatting to people in the business ah well there's an awful lot of opinion on that one um and i think different organizations structure it differently um but I, I, I think the thing to remember is no matter where you sit within an organization, you can be innovative. You know, yeah. There is no exclusivity to good ideas. Um, and some organizations have bespoke departments um, that sit in a, in, a, in a locked up room that nobody can go into that has a sort of, you know, um, touch sensitive keypad to get in. Um, but other people, uh, other businesses, actually, it's just part of their day job. Um, and not all businesses have the luxury of having a dedicated resource for innovation. So it's about making time and space in your day job to be creative and to be innovative. Even if that means as you're doing your day job, you've got a post-it pad and you're just scribbling down, oh, what about that? What about that? Um, and I, I think from where innovation should sit from an organisational perspective it needs to be quite central and it needs to have a link into a number of different areas, whether that be R&D, whether that be technical, whether that be operations. Um, packaging, as I alluded to earlier, or indeed sales or marketing. But I think it needs to be um, a clear link into the strategy development for any organisation. And therefore, from my perspective, um, I would personally still sit it within marketing. Right. No, that that makes a lot of sense. I, I know that, especially in FMCG, that's um, where a lot of people um, place it. Um, in in some of the consumer goods businesses that we work with, that uh, probably slightly slower, they seem to have sort of separate departments for it, and I find that yeah. find that interesting. Um, just just um, thinking about uh, the what you were talking about there, almost like a culture of continuous improvement. You know, everyone yeah. should, should always yeah. have an eye to innovation. Um, yeah. that, I mean, that, that naturally would lend itself to provoking a lot of ideas from, you know, lots of different people organically in a business. You yeah. know, that would be a great problem to have if you're having everybody in your business coming oh, to you with ideas on, yes. right, here's how we can yeah. make stuff better. But how do you as an innovation leader um, sort of cut through the noise and work out whether something's, you know, the next MacBook or whether it's just a bit of hot air? Well, I think sometimes you have to, uh, 
you have to identify whether it's just subjectivity or objectivity um, in terms of, you know, is it just somebody's pet bugbear that they, they want to solve a problem for themselves or is it actually something that's going to resonate with a consumer? So I think you know, first and foremost, you have to look and see, you know, has it been done before? If it has been done before, how was it done? Why didn't it work? Um, you know, what lessons could you learn from, uh, from the past? Um, and how do you lessen the risk of, of, of failure? Um, for me, it's all about testing and learning. So right from the very start, it's about you can, you can do it relatively inexpensively to actually test ideas with consumers, particularly in this digital age, um, and actually see whether things are relevant to your target audience and actually see whether they've got legs. Um, research is really important in, with innovation, actually, and that's whether you're researching it, you know, formally or whether you are actually researching it, you know, informally with your friends and your family and, you know, shoppers go out and, you know, go out and uh, stop people as they're mm. going around the store. Difficult at the moment, I know, but actually start talking to them, understanding what they're doing. Um, and that starts to give you an idea as to whether a particular focus or idea that you're thinking of actually is going to work or not. Um, and also, at a very early stage, involve other functions within your organisation. Communication is really key to the success of innovation uh, and building that groundswell internally. And I should say that, you know, with all innovation, you need to make sure it's a good fit with your strategy. Yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. You, you know, you, you see products sometimes, don't you, that are launched by brands that are interesting, but they just don't really capture the tone of voice. There's not that kind of coherence, is there, to the, to the category offering there. Yeah. Um, well, it probably leads me naturally to my next point, which is, and you alluded okay. to their communication and eye on the big picture, but, you know, what do you think uh, grounds excellence in innovation? Um, I think for me... Um, I think a it's giving people the in terms of the giving creating an environment for excellence in innovation. I think you need to give people the freedom to make mistakes. I think you need to let people do that, and so long as they learn from it, um, I think that is okay. Um, I go back to and say it's about strategy, strategy, strategy. Um, you need to be aligned with a plan and a strategy. Um, and there's no point developing something if, if, if nobody wants it. So, you know, don't flog a dead horse. Um, you know, I, I'm you. determined once I, get, once, once I get going with, you know, with developing an innovation pipeline, I'm really determined to make it happen. And I always will challenge the organisation as to, how they could do it, how quickly they could do it, um, and when they could deliver it. But at the same time, you know, know when to give up, um, yeah. you know? Um, so, and, and that gains respect from people within the organisation. Um, and focus on the things that you can deliver rather than spending too much time on the things you can't do. Yeah. Put yeah. them in the too difficult to do box. Fine. I like that. Yeah, everyone needs everyone needs one of those boxes, you know. You, you, Absolutely. If you're going to generate ideas, they can't all be right. Yeah. yeah, and you, you've alluded to, to it there about you know creating this 
culture of success in a yeah. business where people feel free to air ideas from the ground up. People feel free to to try things out, and you're you kind yeah. of let loose to have a go. And for, you know, failure is not a failure, is it? Like, say, if there's a learning yeah. there, but all that requires good collaboration. And what do you think are some of the really good um, sort of qualities of collaborators what are the opportunities and challenges both with collaborating internally with other functions and also <laughs> externally with, with customers maybe if you're in you know retail or private label and you're collaborating on a joint project well i think and first and foremost marketeers are traditionally quite frightened to go and see customers um, a lot of marketers i've met would always like to have that uh, sort of barrier between them and the customer of a salesperson um, but I think, actually, if, you're, if, if you want to succeed in innovation, actually, I think you shouldn't be afraid to go and actually go face-to-face with a retailer, with a retailer's technical team, uh, with their marketing team, um, <clears throat> and actually engage with them. Because they're a very good judge of whether something could potentially work or not. Um, and I think, I mean, it does all go back to communication. It goes back to actually... You know, go into, you know, if you work in a manufacturing organization, go down onto the factory floor, talk to the people that are actually running the machines that are actually creating the, the, the end product. And actually, they have great ideas. And sometimes they lose the faith in being able to be listened to because nobody actually does listen to mm. So in my experience, actually, it's about creating that culture and about creating that interest in collaborating both internally and externally. Um, and when you've got something, don't be afraid to go to market with it. Go and talk at, you know, when, when we get back to having conferences, go back to, you know, go back to presenting at conferences on success. Don't take it as an opportunity to brag, but take it to an op- as an opportunity to actually experiment, show how you have gone through a process that's delivered something that's been successful. That actually in turn, is probably going to lead to your competitors being able to benefit as well because it creates an interest perhaps in a new category or a new area um, and develops, uh, you know, and helps to grow that area for everybody. Yeah, that's, re- that's really interesting. What, what you mentioned there about the guys on, uh, on the production line reminds me of a, a story I read in, um, I think it was a grocer once, I think it's the, the vice president for international marketing at um, PepsiCo. He started off as a janitor at one of the yeah. sites in in Texas somewhere, and, and he uh, basically noticed that um, Lay's just didn't have a product that identified or addressed um, kind of consumer taste within the Latino community. So this right. is back in the 90s, early 90s, he proposed that they, they have a salsa-flavoured crisp, which was, uh-huh. you know, sort of blew the heads right open of the, you know, the sort of uh, the, the, the leaders internally in their kind of entrenched mindset of what Lay's stood for. But um, that's been their fastest growth market apparently in the last 20 years has been the Latino kind of South American markets. And he's now leading that. And, and he was a janitor. Oh, that's just such a great well, story. Well, absolutely. Well, there is, as, you know, there's, I think, they, I think there is now a product that is it uh, Doritos like roulette, um, you know, do you yeah. dare to which one's going to be the uh, which one's going to be the chili flavor? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, consumers enjoy that. I, I once launched a I once launched a product called Fruity Smarties, mm. and the whole thing behind Fruity Smarties was the fact that the color didn't match the flavor. Right. So you got a red one that you thought would be strawberry, and actually it was apple, um, and that was innovation, and it excited the market, and it was it, and and it was a it it wasn't a a, a stayer as I mm. would describe it. And that's yeah. the thing about innovation is, you know, it's great to innovate, but actually 
often we have to accept that it doesn't always stick. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to sort of deviate from, uh, no. you want to cannibalise your core, do you? Um, no, absolutely. And I think, I mean, it, it goes back to, um, is it, uh, it, you know, like, you know Colonel, Colonel Sanders, for example, with you know, KFC yeah. and the number of places he had to go to with his recipe before he actually got somebody to take it on board. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, T- tenacity. Yeah. Tenacity, Key. absolutely. So, so good innovation in, in brand, good innovation in, in retailer brand, yeah. private label. Do, do you think there's a difference or do you think it's the same? Um, I don't think there's any, uh, there's no exclusivity on ideas. Yeah. I think um, a lot of retailer-owned brand innovation is... Uh, good and strong i think for example tesco have done great things with their wicked kitchen oh, yeah. range, um you know plant-based i think that actually you know retailers in themselves are brands let's you know let's let's yeah. not forget that um and actually the the advantage obviously as a you know working with a with with brands as i have done is that actually with brands you have the opportunity to get that depth of distribution that you may not get through a particular retailer. Um, but I do think that brands tend to, uh, branded businesses tend to have the luxury of being able to invest more time and resource um, in developing innovation than perhaps retailers do. Yeah, so sort of, so it's, it's the same discipline, but there are potentially different opportunities and challenges for each. Absolutely, yeah. But there are some really talented, uh, innovative individuals who work in retailer technical teams and uh, food development teams that I've that I've worked with. You know, and yeah. particularly with packet, you know, with the, with, with packaging at the mm. moment and logistics and supply chain. You know, there are some absolutely fantastic um, initiatives out there that are being done by the retailers in order to help change the behaviour. And I mean, as I understand it, I think. Um, is it, is it that uh, Tesco's have actually encouraged uh, Kellogg's to uh, change the packaging on Pringles? Yeah. Uh, because, you know, it's a five P, it's, it's five different pieces of recycling currently. Um, and that demonstrates, I think, a real power in, um, in actually power for good and for long-term sustainability. Yeah, and, and really you want the retailers and the brands that are working together, don't you, on sustainability? Absolutely. We, we all win. Everyone wins if, if that's pushed as a agenda. Well, that's, yeah, well, the, well, the consumer wins, don't they? And that's ultimately yeah. what we're trying to do is satisfy the consumer. Let's yeah. not forget that. And, and, and just thinking about people's sort of um, careers and progressing as leaders in the industry, because, you know, we, we yeah. all want to be leaders in, in our area and, and, and develop a real value for the people we work with. How do you get into a career in innovation? Because it's not a it's not a sort of linear career, is it? Like like a, if you want a career in sales, it's it's fairly obvious how you go about it. But um, innovation, it's it's exciting. It's untapped. So many opportunities there. How do you even get into it? Well, I think as I said, you know, you don't have to be specifically in in, a, in an innovation role to be innovative. Um, and I mean, my particular experience, having you know, gone through marketing categories, sales, strategy. Um, and really focusing on innovation demonstrates that in itself. Um, but I think you need to you need to be a, a, a creative thinker. Um, you need to be prepared to make time to be creative. Uh, so focus on the tomorrow as uh, you know as well as focusing on the today. 
And I think you need to have an inquisitive mind. I think it's good to, you know, to go out and look in store, look and understand how people shop, look, and look at other categories. Just because you're working in one category, don't always just go to that part of the store. Go and see what's happening elsewhere. But to actually, um, you know, I think starting in marketing is as good as place as any uh, in order to get into, a, into an innovation role. Um, and probably the most uh, straightforward way to do it. Yeah, yeah, and you, you've alluded to it there with the yeah, sort of stressing that curiosity and making time to learn is key. But what yeah. other qualities do you think make a good leader in innovation? I think you need to be. Um, I think you need to be a good listener. I think you need to be prepared to challenge. Um, I think you need to be resilient, as I alluded to before. You know, you're not to. You may have to. You may have to kiss a lot of frogs before you meet a prince, as they describe <laughs> it. Um, I think you need to be focused on a, on a, on a goal. Um, and one of the things that I think is key in um, being successful in innovation is actually you've got to be a very thorough project manager. You have to be a very strong project and team leader. Um, and that means keeping communicating, keeping listening, um, and it's not and recognizing that success will come not just from what you do, but it's what your team around you do. So it's very difficult in an organisation to deliver something single-handedly. So yeah. you've got to continually engage and enrol other functions within the organisation, and that means managing upwards as well as managing across and down um so you know and take the opportunity to talk to people about what you're doing mm -hmm. uh, excite people nobody's going to be as excited about it as you are as the creator of this you know next big thing um but actually you can get people inspired you can get people checking uh, you know you can get people behind it so so imagine you be I, i'm a, a, a assistant brand manager i'm a, a yep. commercial exec i think yeah i really want to develop these qualities that uh, we've been discussing here that make great mm -hmm. innovation leader how do you go about starting to um, address skills gaps for yourself as an innovation leader mm -hmm. and also how do you go about becoming self-aware because i think that's one of the, the things that i see differentiates um people that as a recruiter, I can really spot you're going to be a leader in five years' mm. time. Mm. And those that are maybe you know, going to be successful but tread water is, it's a level of self-awareness when it comes to development and what they need to... How do people yeah. go out sort of cultivating that in themselves? Well, I think you've got to... A, I think you've got to listen. Um, and I think you've got to have an inquisitive mind. I think I'll go back to that. Um, I think you need to try and not be constrained by the parameters of the either the role you're doing or the organisation you're working yes. for or indeed the category that you're working in. Take an interest. You know, there are a number of uh, innovation feeds um, that you can sign up to. There's a lot, obviously, on, on, online. And in these past few months, we've all had a lot of time to look at it. True. Um, to actually see what's coming through and, 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 try and, and try and predict and try and uh, um, identify where things are likely to be coming from. Um, and 
I think recognize that actually um, it's about a team. It is about a team effort. Um, you know, read up on things, go out, be inquisitive, look at packaging, look at product, try it, eat it. You know, a lot of the work you do with um, you know, with, with new emerging brands, I think, is great because it's. You're not necessarily saying you're going to like it. You're not even necessarily saying the product is for you. But what you're actually doing is you're is you're exploring uh, the, the the opportunity out there. Um, I mean, who would have ever said you know who would have ever said that um, you know um, gin companies would have been producing hand sanitizer? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Well, well, well um, I, I sent a plug because I love them. But Ollie's uh, here. Ollie's olives. All these pretzels. Yeah. It's a great yeah. example of a, a guy that wanted to solve a problem and then he's just continued on that track because that is his mindset. Um, mm. He was a student, he loved olives. All of the olives in Food to Go were a little bit sad. And so he's developed this ambient pouch, which is yeah. great because yeah. you've not got the chilled supply chain issues, yeah. but also that the freshness is just so much better. And that was, that was a guy as a student just came up with that. Yeah. So I think, I think anyone can be a leader. It is about cultivating that mindset, isn't it? And Harry, yeah. our apprentice, he's, he's written a really good blog recently, actually, about, um, I think it was called, uh, What Does uh, Chess Have in Common with Soup and Steak? And right. uh, it's just the idea that, you know, if, you, if your career is a game of chess, you know, are yes. you thinking five moves ahead? Or are you, yeah. you just trying to level up too soon? Because sometimes you can go for a really nice sort of soup today, can't you? When you could have uh, sort of uh, saved up for a steak. And uh, sometimes it's, it's about knowing that actually being slightly slower and developing a bit more depth and breadth, it actually helps you become a better leader, doesn't it, in the midterm? Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think to succeed in innovation is not just about having great ideas there's got to be something beneath that you've got mm. to back it up with fact with rationale with you know we, you, you've got to do your homework um because we can all fire out fluff yeah um, but actually it's about those that those that can actually back it up with having to suggest that they've actually you know they've done all their homework on it they've done the research They've tested it. They've worked out that it can be done. Um, so go to people with solutions. Um, and so in the background, solve the problems, but go to the people that matter with solutions. Mm. That's, a, that's a very good piece of advice. Um, yeah. yeah. Just, I can remember going uh, to my MD at Quorn about uh, wanting to launch into vegan. And being told, well, vegan is only this much of a vegetarian market that's this much of the total market that's this much. So we're not going to sell much. And I said, no, but what you have to understand is that vegan is going to become a badge for health. Yeah. It's going to become a lot more than just targeting vegans. And it's about backing that up. And I back that up with talking to consumers. Um, and talking to consumers who weren't just vegan, people who were trying to lead a healthier lifestyle. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, to, to just touch on that point about um, yeah, other leaders in the industry. Then, which um, which leaders have inspired you, newbie? Um, well, I think I mean at the moment, I think the uh, a, an obvious one would be to say Jeff Bezos. Yeah, um, you know, obviously Amazon. I mean, what an amazing business. 
um, huge um, growth that has occurred, particularly in the last few months. Um, but actually, the way that they um, have clearly they have a very well defined strategy that has explored all the different avenues that they can go into. And it's a little bit like your game of chess. It's almost like they have planned, um, you know, they've, pl they've planned checkmate, um, you know, six moves before you've even thought of it. Um, because everything they do seems to, it seems to be quite obvious after they've done it. Um, but it's very well thought out. And hats off, you know, it's created a, a an amazing platform and a, and, and, and a great business. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and what about um, sort of resources? You, you mentioned that there's quite a few resources out there people can t tap into. If there's aspiring innovation leaders listening to this, what, what would you recommend people go and sort of dig out, look up, read, have a, have a look into? Well, one of the things that's really, one of the things that's uh, really interested me is uh, that um, Sir James Dyson has actually um, started his own university. Ah, I think about so, that. Yeah. So Dyson University accredited course, but he's actually now starting his own university for um, innovation in, you know, obviously that's more in an engineering perspective. Um, but I'd like to think that actually from an academic perspective, um, that there would be the opportunity for people to study um, uh, in higher education more about innovation and creativity as part of almost their career path. Um, and I think it's, you know, I think it's always good to look at, you know, the market. It's good to look at related worlds, try to understand how people reach that point. There's a lot of information available, you know, People write a lot of biographies, autobiographies on how they achieve their success. Um, you know, and look at the world that we live in and try and work out how we're going to solve those problems. And I mean, a current problem, obviously, that we've got, you know, is the whole problem about um, sustainability and the environment. And, mm. um, and, and hence, one of the reasons that there's such an interest in alternative protein. Um, I have, you know, I've, I've spoken to... Um, I've spoken to a, a half a dozen different investors in the last week just about the opportunity for alternative protein. This is, it's a hot topic, it's hot news, um, because people are looking at, the at, at how we can actually solve the problem um, of the fact that, you know, nobody quite understands where this pandemic has come from, and people are looking that actually we need to do something about the world that we live in. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a fantastic uh, article shared by uh, Sam, uh, who set up uh, Unilad um, <laughs> on uh, LinkedIn. And there was a, a business that have developed a packaging format where yeah. you uh, basically mould agricultural waste, farm waste, basically, you know, straw manure. You yeah. um, inject um, mycoprotein pores into it. The, okay. the fungi then grows round the structure in the mould, solidifies right. this, so then you get a polystyrene equivalent, the same kind of lightweight, and it's all made out of waste products with, with fungi, which, which is incredible. Right, and this, gonna... this slow capture video showing how the, the, the fungi that just spread through this agricultural waste. And at yeah. the end of it, um, you can throw it into your compost in your garden, and it decomposes in two weeks. That's just phenomenal. Yeah, so, so they're starting to use that on some bottles of wine. Now, I imagine it's taking a while to get it to industrial scale, but um, 
yeah, I think there are some amazing, exciting opportunities for innovators in packaging. Well, I think there are, but I think it's also about us realising, I mean, we've all been, you know, we're all now being, um, you know, actively encouraged to split out our waste for recycling and you've got cans and bottles. Um, but I didn't realise till I looked into it that actually putting a drinking, a broken drinking glass in with a wine bottle um, is actually, those two can't be recycled together because wow, okay. the temperature that they that it melts at is different. Mm. So actually, uh, the drinking glass is built to sustain a higher temperature than the wine oh, bottle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So actually, we all think we're doing the right thing by putting all the glass in one, etc. But actually, we need more education. Yes. Um, and actually, and I mean, I think that's where, you know, that's where in the next, in the coming years, I think we are going to become more aware about the impact of what we are doing mm. um, and how we're doing it. And I think the role that innovation can play in that is going to go back to this. It's not just going to be about product. It's going to be about packaging. It's going to be about usage. Um, you've probably seen coming into your home, you know, these pouches with refills of, yeah. whether it be, you know, washing liquid. Oh, be on that. Yeah. Yeah, pumps, um, yeah, yeah. Waste-free supermarkets, that's, that's going to be the next wave, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, and that could be, you know, that's innovation. Yeah. Innovation isn't just about inventing the new KitKat, the next, you know, KitKat junkie. Although that uh, is pretty fun. Although that is pretty fun, yeah. So... Yeah. So, so uh, look, look, random off-piece question, newbie. Yeah, sure. If, if you could give, uh, you know, uh, newbie ten years ago one piece of advice, what would it be? Gosh, um, I would. Uh, I think. Do you mean from a? Do you mean me for the world or, uh, or professionally? Or not, not. I mean, I mean, if if, it, if it's a case of don't don't buy that bloody dog, that's fine. But uh... <laughs> yeah, well, in my in my in my household, it would be don't succumb to your daughter's uh, request for three miniature pigs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, because we because we now have three eight year old pigs that um, not so miniature. It's large. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, um, but from on a on a more serious on a more serious level, I think um, if, if if ten years ago, if I had recognised the um, potential for um, healthier eating and different forms of uh, protein, um, then I would have been much more actively involved in it. Interesting. Right from good. that time. Yeah, yeah, uh, um, yeah, and I think the um, and I think the other thing that I, I think the other thing is you know, from a you know, from a personal development perspective is never be afraid to learn. Mm. If you, you know, try and make the time to do um, uh, to do online courses, you know, during during lockdown, I did a uh, I, I did a uh, an online digital media refresher course. Smash it. Um, and I think, you know, and at the moment, there's so much online learning available. Um, and it's not always going to be directly leading you to a, a job. Um, but what it will do is it helps keep you sharp and it help, helps keeps your, keep your marketing skills um, ahead of the game. 
That's this very interesting point. My, my favourite uh, business blog is a weekly digest by um, a group called Farnham Street, a management consultants. Okay. And um, it's very interesting because they pull I'm from... Make uh, yeah, it's, it's worth checking out. I, and, and so their, their aim is to um, find you uh, interesting content that will uh, elevate your um, sort of learning within business. But they, yeah. they don't just follow the, the usual roots. It's not Maslow's hierarchy of needs all over again or, you know, a, a, a sort of... Um, a linear insight view on what's happening mm. in your industry at this time. They, they, their, their whole sort of mandate is stressing transferability of knowledge from different fields. So they might have a, an article by a psychologist looking at, you know, hunter-gather methodology and how that applies to sales. And mm. what they call, uh, a really good blog by them was about um, how you can sort of uh, imitate um, the randomization process that hunter-gatherers use in simple societies to go and find prospects. And I've applied that in recruitment and it, it's, it was really, really good kind of like window moment. Oh, right. Yeah, I can, I've got a bit of vision here now. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that yeah, if I was to give myself a piece of advice, it would be read more in other disciplines outside of your own industry. Yeah. Because I often yeah. find that some of the best inspiration light bulb moments comes from when you're sort of your brain's relaxed, you're pursuing an interest in another field, and then your brain just clicks and says, well, what about that in, in what you do on a day job? And you get that light bulb yeah. moment, don't you? So, yeah, definitely, reading and learning, it's got to be pushed, yeah. doesn't it? And I think, the, I, I, I think the other thing that I would suggest, I would say that is good, is you look back 10 years ago and you think, actually, uh, do you know, I've worked with some really great people who have gone on to achieve some amazing things, um, you know, and I pride myself in the fact that I'm, you know, I've, I recruit, I recruited, you know, as assistant brand managers, a number of people who have gone on to some very uh, powerful, um, impactful jobs and achieved great things. Um, and the, the and the point I would make is uh, keep in touch with your network. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing. Um, and that's not just in, in, in innovation roles, that's in, in, in all roles, in commercial. Um, and I think that's really important. And be prepared to give people, uh, give people the time that they want. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, yeah leaders are definitely networkers. Um, Newbie, it's been a super fun podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, guys, you well. Thank if you. you're listening, watching... Uh, Drop Newbie a note on LinkedIn. Find him, follow him there. Let him know your thoughts, any questions you've got. And uh, please do thank him for his, for his time. And uh, we, we're going to head off now, close the podcast down. We've got some exciting ones planned for in the future. And if you've not uh, liked and subscribed us already on YouTube, LinkedIn, find us there. And we also have Snack Challenge podcast, which Newbie and you to, where we review loads of cool, funky, up-and-coming uh, brands out there. So go and check us out there too. So, guys, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.